Happy Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. All right. This is a weird mandate. I like it. I'm trying to get your uh, screen over on the good screen over here. All right. Would you prefer that I put my headphones in as opposed to no headphones? Yeah, because it's going to get feedback. Um, you, right. I mean, you've got the setup. Why not? You know? All right, cool. One second. Sound good? Sound good on your end? All right. How's this? What up, man? You're even a white guy with long hair. I think we are. <laughs> right? Oh, shit. We are fucking uh, brothers from another mother. Um, yeah, man. This. Uh, thanks for coming on, Sweat Equity. I, I'm really interested to hear how you got into everything. We talked through mutual friend Beth Miller that... If any listeners go back and want to hear about why you don't call uh, a PR per person a publicist, uh, her episode's not too far back, so check that out. Um, Beth hooked us up and was like, hey, this guy is very, very similar to you. I haven't met anybody that is. You even have a better background, man. You've got baseball cards. It looks like all baseball cards of a wall which is amazing behind you. Yeah. I like to call that baseball card wallpaper, which is all my common cards from when I was a kid. So I had them in a giant garbage bag, like my entire life. And then just me being the creative butterfly that I am, I was like, all right, well I'm doing a ton of video stuff. I've got to create a cool background. And I was like, well, why doesn't baseball card wallpaper exist? I was like, it does now. I literally right before we started, I was like, I got to get a better background behind me if I'm doing more video because uh, I want to hopefully the call recorder I have the app for Skype is fine. But I was like, I need a better background if we're going to do more video based stuff. And I was like, what can I do? And literally you pop up and just fucking uh, a 10 year olds like Beckett's wet dream. Behind you. <laughs> you nailed that for sure. <laughs> uh, so I guess tell everybody what you do, who you are, because uh, I could do it, but I'm probably going to butcher it. So uh, All right. th th do it like a speed date almost. Yeah, yeah. cool. So I'm Rob Cressy uh, from Pittsburgh, live in Chicago. I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of BaconSports.com, a sports comedy website that fuses together pop culture with a love of jerseys and obviously sports comedy. Uh, I've got a background in improv and comedy writing from second city. And I also run a digital media shop called Crest media where we specialize in uh, marketing and engagement to millennial males uh, with an emphasis on sports. So you, you just, and you, you do a lot of public speaking, which kind of bridges the gap. It's something I was, I was kind of picking your brain about when we talked the first time on the phone, I was like, yeah, I got to figure out how to mix stand up with our consulting company. I want to know how that uh, you just did a speech, if it's cool to talk about. Yeah, of uh, course. You, you just did a uh, um, kind of a uh, corporate event for uh, Snap, teaching people Snapchat, right? Right. So a friend of mine, shout out to Jen, uh, moved from Chicago to Atlanta about a year ago in her agency every month. Shout out to Hot House down in Atlanta. Uh, has a speaker come down. Uh, and she's like, Hey, I saw that you've done some speaking stuff before. Would you be interested in coming down? 
And I was like, sure. She's like, well, what do you want to talk about? I was like, well, I've been crushing Snapchat lately. I previously talked uh, or did a Snapchat workshop. So I was like, let's do a Snapchat workshop for you guys. And she's like, cool. Well, we want to be able to see how we can sell this to clients. So if you can do it with a B2B tilt, I was like, no problem whatsoever. So I went down there and created for the first time ever a speech that was a podcast or is a speech that included podcast drops. So picture, picture this. Uh, So I go down there in this room full of people that I don't know. And I was like, they're going to just listen to me to speak for 45 minutes about Snapchat. Like I know I'm incredibly good looking and my voice is fantastic. (laughs) Uh, but that may not be enough and the most to capture, mm-hmm. right. Uh-huh. Of course <laughs> that might not be enough to cap, keep their attention. And one of the rules of Snapchat, or at least for me from an engagement standpoint is just make everything fun. And it's like that with everything that I do. So I was like, boom, this is going to be unlike anything you guys have seen. And I started it out uh, with a little kryptonite from big boy because we're down in the ATL yeah. and I was like, boom, let's start this party dancing. And like a baseball player, I want walk up music. So I got to set the scene. And then once that happens, I'm like, this is going to be unlike any other speech you've heard. And just like a podcast where you play drops like rap air horn or things like that Uh all throughout the speech, I'm doing these drops talking about Snapchat, trying to make it fun and engaging. So what, I mean, did they respond to it? Were they like, this guy's crazy? Uh, Cause it's like, when you're doing your own drops and you're like, uh, how long did you talk for? What? How long was it? Uh, 50 minutes. Uh, it was just you just straight up talking or you doing it? So, no, no crowd work or any of that? Uh, imagine a giant boardroom, just a really long table, standing room only. There's people on both sides and people in the back. And they're super cool, fun agencies. So they've got food and I actually had beer, they had beer, wine, things like that. And I'm just literally sitting in a chair up front with my laptop, my iPad plugged in. And I, I mean, I've never had a bad time dancing. So I incorporate dancing and everything that I do. So boom, hit up that big boy kryptonite. And I was like, let's get this party started. So I tried to work engagement where I could, but the hard thing is, you know, that there's, uh, a time limit to when I'm trying to fit this bad boy in. I've literally written out word for word everything I'm going to talk about, even though I'm not reading from a script. Sure, I'm look I'm looking at it while trying to do all of this stuff. It's a set list. While try- yeah, right, Ex- exactly. So doing all of those things at the same time, uh, it was a unique, fun experience that I really enjoyed. Cool, man. That's I mean that sounds like my nightmare, but because uh, <laughs> it's like daylight, uh, you know, people are kind of coming in from the office, and like it's not a real setting. But I guess I imagine you kind of, kind of really sweating it out, a lot of flop sweat. I, I in my head, I had you in a like a conference room, like a uh, like a hotel conference room. I don't know why, where like you had to, you know, you you. I, I don't know if you've ever done those, but you walk in like. Okay. The podium has the mic attached to it or something yep. fucked up where you're like, I, no, like, or like the mic isn't a real mic. It's like the price is right. Like <sighs> ear one, like, but it's an ear. It's not like a long stick. It's like a Janet Jackson nineties kind of Madonna nineties, like kind of, or Tony Robbins now, uh, if you watch, uh, I'm not your guru, but like something's always fucked up or you can see everybody's face. So you're no, you know, you're like, I don't know if they're into this or not. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm too uh, just like fucked up and you're more about the party. 
Well, I'm always about the party and the people's reactions. That's an interesting thing. And you know this from doing stand up or improv or whatever is people get disinterested at times, but it doesn't mean that you're not good, doing a good job. It's just people have the, the mind capacity of a space cadet. So they're just, you do something and then do people respond? And I had one call for engagement and this girl like scratched her head. I was like, yeah, what's up? She's like, I just scratched my head. I was like, oh, okay, let's keep going. Yeah. That's where the improv comes in. It's like, okay, keep it on rolling. Let's do it. Like where you get into host mode a little bit. Uh, that's right, cool. Right. That's cool, man. I mean, like, uh, what'd you go over with Snapchat? Cause I, I don't know. Look, I, I should know more about it for someone who does a lot of that work for our company, but at the same time, it's like, I, I'd rather, um, field that out to someone. I have people that I know that I I'll pick up, you know, on a social media kind of campaign for a client, um, that know it a lot better than I do. It's a lot of engagement. It's a lot of content to push out to keep it if you're doing it on a like that client basis, right? Right. So one, I'm a creator and I love creating and I love being able to use my creativity to use Snapchat in a way that nobody else does. So that's the angle that I come at from it. So really what I wanted to do was give them the next level of Snapchat. Everyone sees it as a mobile messaging app where you can have fun. That was initially dick pics and everyone just sees it at that. Right. But we do this for business. So I've, if I'm going to be selling Snapchat strategy and Snapchat creative services, I've got to be able to roll in there and be like, listen, guys, as a marketer, this is how you need to use the platform. And the simplest way is you get an opportunity to speak to your target market every single day in a fun and engaging way. So the goal of marketing is to say, all right, we want the people who we think are in our demographic to see what we're doing. And if we do things correctly, they're going to take some sort of action that's going to lead to a sale or whatever it is that you want. Same thing for Snapchat, except it's way more personal where you have the opportunity to respond directly back to me. And it's photo and video and there's drawings and music and all of these different things. And it's all, we even get into the narrative of business marketing. So you're just not creating content for content's sake. You're doing it by saying, all right, uh, we want to get app downloads. So how are you going to do it? Well, we're going to create these stories that do this. And then at the end, it's like, oh, by the way, for uh, more insight into what's going down on our community, make sure to download the app at boom, plug iTunes store and doing things like that. And then you just create essentially a series of content buckets that say, all right, here's 12 different things we talk about. And then on any any given day, you're like, all right, boom. Um, let's go in here. We want to hit this point. Now you know what you're creating about. Yeah, you, you do it a, a very similar way to I, how I do it. I think that's because it, it comes out of frustration. So like the way I kind of pitch social media and kind of doing that for a client is I'm always like, all right, think about it this way. A, do we have content to work with? You know, like, do we already have stuff to work with? Do you guys push out stuff normally? And then I think we talked about this on the phone, um, you know, a week or two ago. Like, I see, like, content marketing, it's a bitch. It's a beast. And I'm like, you got to keep up with it. It's like running a school newspaper or you run a magazine. you got to think of it that way or else you'll, you'll never treat it with the gravitas it needs. Like, it, you have to be on top of it. And if it's like, but be consistent, too. Like, if you're going to do it, do it once a week to start there or once a month, start there. Uh, and then your social media, you got to feel it like you're saying, 
that's your way to, to engage with your, your audience or your future audience or your targeted audience. Uh, what's the objective? And then I go, who's your audience? And then we go, We're, what right. platforms do you, or I kind of mix the next three up. I go, do we have creatives? Do we have content or do we have the platform? Cause sometimes you're doing it per platform first. You're like, we really want to engage Snapchat. So then, all right, let's work on content storylines. That's kind of how I, I pitch it. And it sounds like you do the same thing. And then it's like, when do we do it? All right, let's look at the numbers. We don't have any numbers. All right, let's go on our gut. You know, so, so like, and then we got to look at reporting, which is something no one does. But uh, right, right, exactly. But what's the but point I of did... doing all this? I mean, the, the beauty of it is we have the fucking numbers. We have the saber metrics, man. So right. uh, I cut you off, but um, go ahead, man. No, it's all good. Let's keep this bad boy moving. So like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go into that. And then you brought up like, Hey, uh, download this app in your example. And I'm like, yeah, that's a call to call to action. Y'all know what that is, right? <laughs> right. This isn't completely new territory. This is like, you know, uh, it, it's just think of old school ways of advertising with creatives, except now you can literally punch the button and get it immediately. So I try to try to find the old school comparison for a lot of people to kind of find that juxtaposition where they can understand it a lot more because you can overwhelm people really quickly. Yeah, very much. So it's really just marketing one Oh one plus storytelling plus new media. That's all it is. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's just being more creative about it. So how'd you get from, uh, this podcast is either advice for people that are kind of rudderless or lost and, or, uh, you know, kind of wanting to hear a story of the, the guests we have. I'm, I'm on two hours sleep, so I'm going to, I might be a little bit punchy, but, uh, our new kid had a lot of farts chambered last night. So, uh, those scare him and I had to stay up with him, um, and then get up at six. Uh, so we're doing this at like 5 PM. I woke up, I went to bed at 4 AM, got up at 6 AM feeling, uh, feeling pretty awesome. Uh, nice. but, and, and have had a fucking brutal day since, but I like, I, so if I start stroking out, just let me know or bleeding from my nose. Uh, so, you know, you're doing what you want and that's, I think the hard part is figuring out what you want to do. How'd you figure out? where like where how'd you figure out what you wanted to do to get to where you are now if that makes sense so for me uh sports has always been my dream working in sports and then secondarily being a creator uh i am very binary i literally don't watch anything other than sports it's you hear so many times do what you're most passionate about or love and uh, I hear a lot of people talk about, oh, I'm so passionate about this, but there's a new thing where it's you're talking about your purpose. What is your purpose for what you do? And for me, it's being a creator and being sports because that is what I am best at in this entire world. So it got to a point, uh, I've been doing this full time for the last four years, but previous to that for six years, I did online advertising sales, which I was really good at, uh, which doesn't mean that I liked it, but I was good at it. So we're talking slinging banner ads, emails, text links, pop-ups, all the digital marketing stuff of how you monetize a website. Build a nice nest egg there. I uh, was really 
really doing, uh, I create, I did some really good things in the industry, but I didn't wake up every morning saying, man, I can't wait to cold call an email about some banner advertising. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, I finally said, if I don't give it a shot at chasing and living my dream, I would regret it for the rest of my life. So, uh, after spending three years at the largest obituary website in the United States, Selling advertising for them. Legacy? I, Legacy.com. God, I hate that I know that. Uh-huh. Keep going. And uh, cut the cord and said, all right, I'm going to create my own path. And it's a mind shift or mindset shift that happens to you when you see life differently by understanding you're in control of your time and your opportunities and everything and it starts from the second you wake up. So mornings are no longer, oh, my God, I got to get up in the morning. This <laughs> sucks. It's, wait a second, why do I want to get up in the morning? Because I'm one step closer to realizing my dream and this journey that I'm on. So you have a higher purpose for what you're doing. So it's no longer am I passionate about sports. It's I have this purpose to live out my dream. Yeah, man. I mean, I totally I totally empathize with the morning thing. Like I, you know, I remember having the day job and being like, fuck, I got to get up, roll out, go to now. It's like, uh, how much can I get done in the morning? You know, like, am I a stock trader? Why am I stressing so much? Like, it, you know, you, you have a punch list, but you also, you know, like the stuff for your business gets shoved to the nights and weekends because you only have the daytime to really, focus on the actual work so you know uh i use that the lawyers kind of logic lawyers you know turn consultants kind of logic of the finer minder grinder stuff where you know you have the people going to get the business uh you have the people actually doing the work in the office you know pushing paper and stuff and then you have the grinders that are the kind of visionary strategy those are the guys that go to court um it sounds like a dumb saying uh but Really, since I've heard that saying, I don't know, six, seven months ago, it really kind of contextualized a lot of the, a lot of business for everybody I talked to. Like, hey, you got to bring people in, but you, you got into this because you have a skill that you think is good enough to run your own business. And, you know, like, so I, I totally empathize with that where you're like, okay, uh, <laughs> Mornings aren't mornings anymore, even though I love – I'll watch ESPN. I used to watch SportsCenter, the same thing over and over. I'd watch the same episode in the morning. Uh, I'm like, I already watched this, but I'm just going to just sit there and watch it again. Those days are over, man. Like, if I'm lucky if I can get in a PTI episode, you know. <laughs> but my, I'm not in the sports world for our business necessarily. I just – that's just right. my passion. I just like sports in general. So – for you, it's kind of like you got to keep up. How do you deal with that? How about that? You have to run this business, but you have to keep sports changes on the on the minute, and you got to stay up to date on what's going on. How do you deal with that? Well, so here's the issue that I deal with. It's I do two things at once. 
I started BaconSports.com to build the awesomest sports media company ever. But I knew this was a long-term play because I sold advertising for a living. I know how much traffic you needed. If you're only doing an advertising-based model as a publisher, you have to have millions upon millions of ad impressions in order to make that work. And it was out of doing it for two years, creating articles, videos, podcasts, live streaming, social media, where the landscape changed. And I was like, wow, things are mobile now and marketing is now done via content and the vehicle is social. How have I organically built Bacon Sports via content and social? I was like, huh, maybe I should open up my own digital media shop and do this for other brands looking to target the exact same demographic that I am that I also create for at Bacon Sports. And that allows me to get revenue in the door quicker. And now I've got essentially two businesses. I've got uh, a sports website and an agency which run parallel to each other. And I use Bacon Sports as my own client. So if people are like, what in the world have you done? I was like, I don't know. For the last four years, I've got 1.5 million page views and all these different things organically. And the thing is, I haven't had a dime of marketing budget because – Uh, You can waste so much money on marketing. I know there's so much good that can be had in marketing, but when you're a lean startup, it's a mentality for money doesn't solve problems. People are like, well, why don't you just go out and get funding? I was like, because the business model's not right yet. You need this where it's this engine and you understand all I need is gasoline on the fire to turn this bad boy on. But that's certainly not the case, especially as Facebook changes algorithms, figuring out how to uh, monetize mobile, all of these different things. So back to your question, the number one thing for me is understanding how to understand my time. It's no longer what am I doing in the morning? It's literally every second of my day. I feel guilt if I'm not doing something. (laughs) So, uh, how did you, what, what's like a, a good way you got yourself kind of motivated? Cause look, I'll, I'll tell you, man, it's, it's difficult to manage your time efficiently, uh, when you're starting up, especially when you're kind of doing two things simultaneously. I know one kind of helps the other in a way they both help each other, obviously, but right. like you can use bacon as a Guinea pig. If something comes up with a client, um, right. And so, but you can also have the agency umbrella to kind of manage a lot of what you're doing with bacon and kind of use parallels with other clients too. Cause I'll learn from clients as well. Um, how, how do you, how do you, how do you self-motivate? how do you start self-motivating time-wise? You don't have any other option. Yeah, when but you know how, you know, but you know, the dudes that are like, well, eh, right. It. Uh, like, Be- It comes, here's why. So I was very successful at online advertising sales and I've worked from home for the last 10 years as a remote worker. And no joke, the very first day I worked from home, I was like, this is unbelievable. This is when TiVo just started. (laughs) And I was like, man, maybe I'll TiVo a uh, soap opera. No joke. And I TiVoed one and I don't even know what it was. And I never watched that. And literally like two hours after that, I was like, what in the world am I doing? There's no way I'm going to watch a soap opera. And from that moment, I made the decision to say, listen, if I'm going to be successful, it's 100% up to me. So being a sales guy, I have this mindset of 
boom, I want to be heavily commissioned because if I'm going to crush it, I want to get paid for it. So I've always taken that. And even though I was oftentimes the top sales rep, every single day I thought I was going to get fired. And I don't know if it's a paranoia or what it is, but it's a certain standard where the amount of hustle that you put in combined with your success. And once you have success, you're like, how easy does that come to you? Even though you've grinded your way there. And I'm like, God, does everybody know like how easy this potentially is for me in doing this? And that constant fear to always be better has always been in me. And then from there, I just became a growth mindset person where I don't stop learning. So I read incessantly. So over the, the last four years, I think I've read over 150 books. What the f- All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, here's the process for this. It will be very applicable to this podcast. Oh, did you say books? I meant uh, just uh, surfing porn sites. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Pretty much the same thing. Uh, super simple. And this starts in the morning. So, and by the way, I am not special. I am not overly smart. I'm not overly motivated. Like college, I'm just, I'm a bro who (laughs) is chasing his dream. And what I saw is sometimes in life, you hear something over and over and over and over again until you're like, all right, I get it. I'm finally going to do it. Like a lot of people hear that with meditation now. But for one, when I kept seeing, what do the top CEOs do? One, they get up early. Two, they're always reading. So I was like, well, shit, how in the world am I going to do this? And ironically, a client of mine who I crushed for sent me for Christmas a Kindle. And I was like, no joke. I was like, what the shit is this thing? I opened it up and I didn't know what it was. (laughs) And I find out it's an Amazon Kindle, like version Uh 1.0. So I was like, all right. So now I've got this learning tool And from that moment, I started to download Kindle books and I was like, well, when am I going to find time to read? Doesn't work at the end of the day because we all know just shit happens. So I was like, well, let's reverse engineer this. And if it's one of the most important things that for other CEOs, then it should be important to me. And if it's important to me, you got to do it early. So the very first thing I do in the morning, every single day for the last, I don't know, eight years is read for 45 minutes while I drink my coffee. So I get up at 5:29 in the morning, put on the coffee. Yeah. I've I've life hacked myself to be a product a productive robot. So, uh and I did that 7 or 3 minutes at a time. So you just kept inching backwards? Yes. So I would start for example, I think my time was like 7:16. I never wake up on normal numbers. Yeah. Uh just I'm the, a mind I'm, I'm mind the same uh, I, <laughs> right. everything's in 34 usually if it's in the middle of the hour just because shout I'm a, out to bo jackson my favorite yeah that's why i went to auburn um, oh nice oh, so yeah. yeah so 716 becomes 712 becomes 709 and then you just keep doing that until all of a sudden 716 has turned into 529 and why 529 because 529 is closer to waking up in the fours than it is the sixes Mentally. Okay. 459 is closer than 601. Okay. So because of that, we it's sound a mental really edge. high right now. No, completely not high right now. I know, but we but, sound high. Like, right. Do you know? Right. Did you know how clocks work, I, man? Um, but, <laughs> I, but what time are you going to sleep? Let's say average. So I've, I've scheduled myself. Like I said, so I am 
trying to get to bed at 9.30 to 10 o'clock-ish to schedule getting seven hours of sleep. So literally, I'm bucketing exactly the amount of sleep I need. So I know at 5.29, I've got hopefully seven hours of sleep. Boom, get my coffee. And while you're zombieing and robot and you're like, oh, I'm so tired, boom, you read a book on something awesome. It just so happens that I'm now reading awesome books about leadership, creativity, comedy. Like right now I'm reading the book uh, about how CAA, the Creative Arts uh, Agency or whatever it's called, yep. uh, was started. Super awesome. And I'm also reading one on negotiating and just cool shit like that. Yeah, I've uh, I've done some audition, some video auditions for CAA. Let's just say I didn't hear back. Um, <laughs> the uh, um, what was I gonna say? But how are you doing that while watching sports? Because my my knee ah. jerk, my knee jerk reaction is to go. Because I've tried to figure this out, so I'm like, well, I still need to treat stand up. I still I don't want to be groggy in the second show. Um, so I still need to figure out something where I can kind of go, okay, if I get, I need like six hours, like I just need six hours. I'm like a piece of shit today, but normally if I can get six, I'm pretty good. Um, now should that be one to seven or one thirty-four to seven thirty-four? Um, is that how you kind of see it where it can kind of move a little bit? Like yes. there's a price is right game kind of like that. Very, very, very much. So price is right game. So to answer one of your sports things, I actually watch sports center on mute while I'm reading, drinking my coffee. So by osmosis, uh, for me, I see something once and I'm like, boom, Edwin Encarnacion went two for five with the dinger or whatever. So the hard part is on the back end at night, which Thankfully, I am in Chicago, which is central time. So for Monday night football and things like that, we get that extra hour when you guys are like 12, 30, 1 o'clock. You're like, ugh. Um, and then it's all a varying scale on, for example, last week was Vikings-Giants. I'm like, all right, well, I don't really give two craps about this game right. in the grand scheme of things, so I don't have to stay up for the whole thing. Knowing that, I would rather have – uh, a good morning to start because really the way that you start your day is the way that the rest of your day is likely to go, which is why I put the importance on reading in the morning. It's so funny. You brought this up because I do, I was, I just came out of a meeting. I do a weekly meeting with one of my clients and um, I was like, look, man, cause he's burned out as well. They're, they're in the pitch. They're in the second or third round funding stage. So they're, they're just gas. They're doing a lot of, they're trying to keep the business running while, you know, writing a pitch to get a, a lot of funding. And so it was like the thing I, I was telling them, I was like, man, you got to get some routine because they don't have any, the, the the two main guys. And I was like, look, man, I just, the last couple of days, I was like, stop being fucking dumb and just get up. And if I go do, if I go exercise, uh, that if I can get myself to the gym or even just stretch for 20 minutes, that fucking does so much more than any amount of coffee, uh, you know, anything for me. And I don't know why I don't do it every morning. Um, and, it, and then it helps me. Then I don't feel bad if I get under six hours of sleep or something like that. And I was like, why am I being dumb about this? I'm like, I know this, and I think the big lesson is know yourself, right? Because you know yeah. what you can handle. A lot of people can't handle that kind of multitasking. Um, we grew up in a generation where you kind of had to, um, where every every uh, old person on 
talking head on TV wants to shit on millennials, it's like, yeah, but try to juggle about 50 different things in a day, you'll probably barf. Like, um, my thing with, you know what you can handle, right? So you go, look, um, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to kind of periodically I'll, I'll look up and see the bottom line. I'll see a play. But I know I can handle that. Some people could only do one and then do the next, and that's fine. But I think a lot of people don't know w- what they're about, really, and what their capacity is, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, you have you have to learn that. So break this down to the simplest form. So it starts with one habit, and you're like, well, how in the world do you do all of these different things all of the time? Like You see the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world who are consistently working 18 hours, flying all across the world. You're like, how in the world does he do it? So certainly it's routine oriented, but it starts with one. So it's boom, get up early. You're like, all right, you could just get it up early and do nothing, but you're getting up early. Then next thing it's like, all right, now I'm reading. And then after that I'm meditating and then this, and then if you just start adding one thing over to another before nine o'clock, I've done more things than most people do in an entire day just because, and it's not hard. It's all right, wake up, coffee, read, meditate, write my morning pages, read my goals. What's my gratitude journal? Can I get something done before I walk the dog? Then go to the gym and it's like, boom, all of this. And people are like, what? And it's the different mindset of, oh, today's Monday. I wish it was the weekend. It's like, no, I don't got time for that sort of thinking. And that's really what it comes down to. I don't have time for anything except for forward thinking. I just don't. Otherwise, I'm not going to achieve my dream. And here's the thing. I only have to win once. If I win, I've achieved my dream. That's my goal. What do you mean by that? You only win once. You only need to win once. I only have to win once. I'm not trying to. uh, So this goal, if all of a sudden it's like, holy smokes, Rob made it happen. Well, guess what? I've now, in theory, won my life. Because I'm going towards, instead of me going towards a paycheck for someone else, I'm going towards this life that I've created. And I know any day tomorrow could be one of the greatest days of my life Mm -hmm. every single day. And that's what gets me up every day is the amount of people I'm talking to, meeting cool people like you. It's like you never know what's going to happen in this series of all of the things that you've done. I don't expect that tomorrow is going to be the greatest day of my life. But I'm sure as hell prepared for it because every day I put myself in a position to succeed. A lot of, a lot of interesting stuff there. I'm getting all fired up because it's like <laughs> I need you as my alarm clock. Right. But, you know, uh, a lot of stuff there. You're, you, that binary logic, I, I'll win or lose. Um, and you kind of said you have a binary kind of mindset a little bit. And there's also the sports the sports parallel obviously uh but i think the biggest thing about and this is the minutiae of this podcast or the podcast is about the minutiae of getting shit done um we wanted to kind of make this an anti-tim ferris of sorts like i the i like his podcast it's neat um but it doesn't do anything for me like this is really valuable information uh as far as like hey just take one thing at a time and take a bad habit out or add a new good habit in, but waking up early. Um, the interesting thing about that is no one, no one's really going to contact you at five thirty in the morning. And nope. so 
you can you can you have time to let your brain breathe. Uh, yep. I read something about. Uh, I tried to get up at 4 a.m. You know, for a month just to see what it was like, and it was like I was crazy productive because no one was up. I call that plane brain. I get on, uh, and I think I stole that from Mark Marin, but I get on a plane. I'll I'll get more work done in those like if I'm going to L.A. or something. I'll get more work done in four and a half hours because I got nothing to do other than just sit there and like I'll answer offline emails and wait till I land and just let them go, let them all shoot. You know, so like, or I'll I'll start writing strategies out, or just get organized in my notes and all that stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm doing I'm kind of doing two things at once. I'm flying across, uh, which you get kind of a pass from people for about six hour window if you're going across country, um, and I I fly on the shitty airlines, so there's never good Wi Fi. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm gonna utilize this time. I get a lot of shit from the comedian buddies of mine. If we're doing a road trip, we're going doing a gig. If I'm sitting in the back and we're not doing shit, I'll just pop open my laptop and start working on something. Um, and they're like, what a fucking nerd. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Just like stare at the back of the fucking headrest for two hours? Like, I'm going to try to use this time. If we're not talking about stuff, then I'm going to try to do stuff, you know? Time is your most valuable resource. It's the one thing you can't get time back. And people need to be more accountable to their time. And that would probably be the number one thing. If you take away anything, the sooner you can grasp your time and your accountability towards it, you will see your life completely different because time, we all have a finite amount. So I don't remember who said this, but it was like, imagine that you have like 10,000 hours to live or something, but imagine if they said that in dollars, and you're like, you've got $10,000, but then every day we're just going to start taking one away. And all of a sudden you go from 10,000 to 5,000. You're like, holy shit, wait a second. Yep. And, and when you think of it in terms of dollars, you're like, whoa, I don't want to lose $5,000, but you can get money back. You cannot get time back that you waste sitting at the back, staring at the back of an airplane seat. So that's why I get so passionate and fired up about some of this stuff is because I've understood this time accountability. We all have the same amount. You can do whatever you want in your life. If you're not, you've just decided the narrative in my head is I can't do it. But I flipped that switch to say, I can do whatever it is I want in life. I'm going to achieve it. Even if I haven't hit that goal yet, I'm going to. So I'm going to use time as a valuable asset for me to get more done. Well, look, man, uh, I talked to you for a long time. I forgot we've got someone using this podcast studio uh, in 20 minutes. That means i got to get out of here pretty in the next couple of minutes so I can kind of switch it off. Uh, Plugs I've got for you. You've got three podcasts. Um, I do have three podcasts. You have Bacon Sports, you have the Sports Marketing Huddle, and you have the Rob Cressy. Am I saying Cressy? Is it Cressy? Correct. The Rob Cressy Show. Cressy Show. And so uh, so that the Rob Cressy Show more in the Cress Media area. Uh, yes. Go ahead. So I have conversations with creators, marketers, 
uh, and entrepreneurs about their excellence with the goal of inspiring, educating, and entertaining them. So really, uh, here's the thing. I've used this as a way to build relationships with other people who are doing cool things. And instead of rolling up being like, oh, I want to work with you or can I get a job or something? I'm like, hey, I want to hear some of your thought leadership because guess what? My audience is someone who aspires to be like you or is in the same world as you. So boom, let's have a cool candid conversation like this for 20 minutes. Drop some knowledge. It's great for me because I get to learn from these people and build the relationship. But my audience gets a ton of value from it. Yeah. Well, I, look, man, uh, I, like I said, you need to be my alarm clock. We may have to have you on every uh, a lot with a lot of frequency uh, just to get people fired up that are listening to this, myself included. Because uh, I'll, I'll go the other switch on the binary level. Uh, I like to think of the negative to make fun of it. And then I'll be like, all right, stop being a shithead. Let's get to work. Um, so that's kind of my area of, of motivation, but it's not the best overall. Yours is a much positive, better route, um, which is probably why you did improv and I did stand up, uh, cause improv's all like teamwork and let's be, you know, let's work with each other and let's get fired up about this sketch and be silly, which I, I took classes, but in my head, I'm like, all right, this is just going to make me better at stand up. Um, and stand up's all about hanging out with morose motherfuckers. Um, so three podcasts, go on iTunes and check them out. They're, I listen to all three. They're all really good. And, uh, I, you know, you want to give them the cheat code on iTunes, you know, give that five star review, give a little, write a little sentence. That helps you geek up the, uh, the iTunes charts, unless you, you've got some other way you'd prefer them to listen. No, that's, that's the best way. Just go there, subscribe, uh, hit me up. I'm super accessible. I love helping others. I love talking. It's I'm an open book and transparent because everything I do, uh, it's come from my own experience. So it's not like, Oh, this and this. I mean, I'm just constantly learning. And then whatever I learn and experience, I'm just going to dump out to everybody else. Yeah, man. Do what I'm, you want with it. I'm the same way you said at the top of the show, you know, I'm not a bright guy. I just listen to people a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> right. And I footnote it and go, okay, I'm going to use that later on. Like, uh, look, I don't do it for stand up because you don't steal jokes, but I'll do it for business because that's all business is. You just look around you and you go, all right, I'm going to see what all, all those people did and then I'm going to do it better. Um, and so, like, uh, while I, I like to think I, th I think of a lot of uh, ideas, like social media is essentially your PR your PR firm within your company, don't hire a 19 year old. That's something I've kind of said just because of frustration. I'm sure it's not something I came up with organically or it's a mindset. I've just listened to people smarter than I am. Um, but man, this is awesome. I appreciate you. Uh, we did this video chat too, which is kind of weird cause we don't know each other. So, uh, right. I, I appreciate you doing this man. And, uh, very jealous of the, the baseball wall going on behind you. Well, I'm glad that two men with flowing locks and beards who are also sports fans and have some hustle in them could find a way to meet. So shout out to Beth for putting that together. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a poor man's you, uh, as Bill Simmons <laughs> says, I'm a homeless man's Rob Cressy. All right. Uh, by the way, do you ever get, uh, that you look like RA Dickey? No, no, but I throw me knuckle. So, uh, not playing baseball. It's a different kind of nut. Um, but yeah, uh, any I get Phil Phil Mickelson if he never played golf and started drinking. 
Um, <laughs> I get Nicolas Cage and Con Air. I get yes, uh, shout out to that retarded Keith Urban. Um, Creed. Uh, I saw Creed in concert once with Vertical Horizon. Oh man, I'm not editing that out. I should if I was good, but I'm just. Can you it. take me? <laughs> oh yeah, can you take me? Uh, all right man well i appreciate it. we can't end on a better note man no problem <laughs> boom shakalaka all right bud see ya cheers